Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. This season, our third season, we want to help our listeners learn how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization, how to minimize disruption, and even normalize the concept the change is constant. We plan to do this by exploring the eight tenets or themes that we covered in our second season. These are tenets that can help drive meaningful, impactful, and sustainable change in an organization. For a recap, go to Season 2, Episode 9. My guest today is one of my favorite people I've had the opportunity to work with in the past, Hudad Javidnia. Hudad is someone I have had the privilege working with as one of my former clients. I find him to be very forward-thinking as a digital leader, not only with a passion for bringing disruptive ideas that can transform products or services, but he has great insights on how to motivate people in a positive way, especially how to engage individuals and bring their best qualities out. I've had the opportunity to see this firsthand, so I'm excited to have Hudad give you a little bit of background about himself. And from there, we'll talk about his experiences. Hudad? Thank you, Jen. Thank you for having me on. Great to be here with you today and talking about uh, this important topic, one of the areas that's very near and dear to my heart, which is leading change and transformation across all sorts of fields and across organizations. To give you, uh, your listeners, a bit of a background, on uh, where I come from and what I do. I studied actuarial science and statistics with uh, additional minor studies in computer science and economics. So how have I ended up in being the leader of communications for Capital One's commercial bank today? Is It's been a journey. When I started my career, and I will totally date myself, I was in the late 90s, and it's the days of the internet and dot-com boom. And that's where I decided I wanted to play. I wanted to be in that area and I wanted to be at the forefront of all the technological change and digital transformation that was taking place. So I started my career in academia. I was teaching in a faculty of business at a university in Canada. And after a little bit of time doing that, I had a bit of an imposter syndrome and uh, wanted to get more corporate experience to be better qualified to teach business uh, students. So I started my career in the corporate world after my academic stint, uh, working for Johnson & Johnson for a very long time. And the majority of bulk of my 17 years with J&J was spent in uh, leading digital transformation initiatives, uh, everything from digital marketing initiatives to revolutionizing the way we brought consumer products to the many consumers of J&J products worldwide to leading e-commerce initiatives for J&J through to a leading transformation of our communications and global marketing areas. So that's where I spent bulk of my career at Johnson & Johnson. And it was about seven years ago where I was at a point in my career where I wanted a little bit more on purpose of something that resonated with me. And after a lot of soul searching and just looking at what really motivated me and what really moved me forward and what I wanted to spend the next chapter of my career on, I honed in on this area 
around helping people find fulfillment and thrive inside of large organizations. So I started my shift from technology and digital transformation into HR and communications seven years ago. This was with Johnson & Johnson and really brought at the beginning my, my digital background to the way we helped people across a very large organization with a couple of hundred thousand people as their workforce between contractors and employees in how they got work done, how they connected with purpose, how we inspired them, how they collaborated worldwide to bring really incredible solutions to the marketplace. Uh, that's where I spent the, the beginning part of my transition into this area of employee communications and engagement space. Gradually, I moved more and more closer to communications. And that's what I do now. Three years ago, I moved to Capital One. And currently, I hold the title of head of internal communications for the commercial bank at Capital One. Wow. I don't even think I knew how eclectic your background was, Houdad. So that was really awesome. Just to zero in on one of Houdad's passions, I want to talk more about how he helps bolster employee engagement to allow companies to thrive. While oftentimes overlooked, employee engagement greatly impacts the performance of a business. According to the most recent Gallup report, only 36% of employees are engaged in the workplace. That's a really sad number. But how does that influence companies themselves? Well, disengaged workers cost U.S. companies between 450 to 550 billion each year. Yes, people, that's a crazy number. A Hayes survey revealed that companies with a thriving work culture can see four times higher revenue growth. Houdad, whose experience includes working with large corporations, shares his perspective. You know, there is a view I've heard articulated in my area is how do we make work suck less? But I come at it more from a positive angle of is how do we help people thrive and find fulfillment inside of large organizations? Part of what I've made in my mission and my, my personal purpose of doing what I do now is not have people view work as just a place that I go and get, I get some stuff done and I get paid. I think if we can build belief in what people do and in, in the purpose of doing what they do, I think we'll be a lot further along. We'll have people really uh, giving the, the work that they do a lot more. And not only do, do leaders get more out of people, but people get more out of their work. I think viewing work as something that truly resonates with you, you believe in the work that you're doing, you believe in the value that you're driving, it's it's helping a greater, bigger cause. I think it's the path to helping people build belief, but more importantly, helping people uh, thrive and full, find fulfillment in their work. So important. I keep saying over and over again in these interviews. I hope one day we maybe find a different word to use than just work because there's always this implication that you have to work hard and make money and pay your bills. And sometime when you're, you know, later in life, you will retire and have fun. And I'm like, 
that sounds boring. <laughs> that doesn't sound like much fun. So can we find ways to bring fun into work? And maybe we can uh, think of a new vocabulary word to use to describe that. Not to say that we don't work hard in that process, but maybe we just need a, a better broad term for a work experience that sucks less. How about that's that? Right, that's right. <laughs> in thinking on disengagement, Hudad relays challenges he's faced with in helping companies finding their purpose through change. You know, as I think about change more broadly, I think that people in general, and this is really generalizing this, you know, you can't view all people exactly the same. Every one of us bring a uniqueness to the table, to the work that we do, to the organizations that we work with or we work for. So with that caveat, I am generalizing when I say that people generally hate change, but they also hate things staying the same. They don't like it. So I think that's sort of the paradox that we find ourselves navigating a lot of times for those of us that are involved in in leading change and transformation. And I think over the last several decades, probably there has been no shortage of change, especially with, you know, the technological revolution. You know, one of my favorite statements is to say that the rate of change will never be as slow as it is today. And another way of uh, that we've heard it said is pace of change is only accelerating, of course. When I think about that, you know, one of the areas that I have been involved with very closely is leading change in how people get work done, how they collaborate and use technology to collaborate, connect, innovate, create across a large organization. So that's been one of the many areas of change that I've been involved with that I've had to navigate in bringing new ways for for people to connect across an organization. Kevin Campbell, one of my earlier guests for this season, had a very similar thing to say about change. I always say about people, there's only two things people don't like, which is the way things are and change. As Hudad has helped people collaborate more across the organization, he's learned many lessons, including something he calls building belief. As we think about people collaborating across the organization, I'm going to pull it up a little bit, pull some examples, both from that collaboration, but also just thinking more broadly about change in general. You know, something I touched on earlier is the importance of building belief. When I think about building belief, when you have any sort of a change going on is first and foremost, you have to build belief in the purpose for that change. Why are we doing this is another way we can, we can say that. Second, I think, is building belief in sort of the people leading that change, the people that are going to be involved in that change. So building the belief that, hey, you've got the right group of people leading the change, you've got the right set of people that are setting the direction for the change. That's, that's really critical, building belief in that. Building belief that ultimately this is going to bring value to our clients, our customers, to the people that our products and services serve. I think that that's taking the, the why a step further and building belief in the value that that's going to materialize to who you serve. And last, but definitely not least is building belief that people will have the resources and they will be cared for through this change 
and on the other side of this change. So you're trying to sell the change to the people that need to drive it, that need to be part of it, that need to accept it, whatever the case is. Are they going to be cared for? And will they be giving the, given the resources to, to succeed through this change? You have to build belief in that. So those are some critical components of any change more broadly beyond just the initiative that I've been involved with and more specifically the collaboration across large organizations that I mentioned earlier, that belief is really critical. We've talked on this podcast many times about the importance of leadership during times of change. Sometimes the leader's attitude and actions can make the difference between the organization's success navigating change or completely unraveling in the face of it. Hudad shares some advice for leaders specifically. Really hone in on and think about leadership alignment. That's an area where I've personally learned some hard lessons in that if you may have the right why, you may have the right purpose, you may have the right narrative for the value that it's going to bring to the customers, clients of the organization, to the people in the organization. But if you don't have the leadership alignment, that's another area where where a change initiative can fail. So true. Uh, Wow. Yes, the leadership alignment is critical. And this whole notion that you illuminate for our listeners on belief is powerful, Hudad, because it fundamentally gets at what is the difference between an organization that will make it through challenging times or be able to accelerate when there's wonderful opportunities and those that they're just, you know, they'll get recycled. I love how Hudad talks about the idea of building belief to give credit to the change. But what does that building of belief actually look like within an organization? And how can we accomplish it? As we kind of look look at these examples of things that have gone really well, I'll speak to another example of an area that I've had the fortune of uh, leading and being involved with. And that's in in my prior experience in driving direct-to-consumer e-commerce, bringing products directly to consumers inside a large organization. As we looked at the change that we needed to drive, one of the critical components that made the work that we did successful was choosing the right leaders to lead the change. An important part of this in in selecting the right leaders to lead the change and building the belief was that whoever's speaking to the change and what needs to happen and what we expect people to do needs to have credibility with the organization. And that credibility comes from the past work that they've done, from people having seen or being able to reference the examples of how this leader has been successful in leading the change and transformation, and the fact that the character of the organization really comes to life through that leader, or maybe in some cases it might be a leadership team the why really resonates with people. As somebody who leads communication inside large organizations, it's important to have the right narrative. It is just as important to have the right people speaking to that narrative. Because a big part of building that belief is the credibility that comes from the voice of the 
the people that are speaking to it, the past work that they've done, and the believability by the organization and by the people that need to carry through the change or that will be impacted the organization, that this person will stay true to their word. I think that is a critical component. Another part of this experience, of course, is staying consistent in addition to selecting the right leader to speak to the narrative, to lead the change, is, of course, staying consistent and true to the narrative. Because a big part of that belief is also continuing to earn trust and continuing to keep that belief alive. Anytime you stray from what you said you were going to do, how you said you were going to do it, you need to go as a leader of change, you need to go back in front of the organization and articulate why things might be changing, why things might be staying different, or even if things are staying the same, you need to constantly, continually communicate to, so that every day you're continuing to build on that belief and you're continuing to earn that trust. Something I want to emphasize that Hudad mentions is building consistency of the message across the organization or having leadership alignment. I've seen time and time again where an organization develops a great plan, but that they struggle to gain traction with that plan. Often the problem has been hesitant or inconsistent leadership. In many ways, this touches on a few of our tenants, including building the case for change and creating meaningful messages. With building the case for change, you must explain to your people why change is necessary. Regardless of this being maybe a desired change by many, or a change driven by, say, external pressures in the market, for example, you still need to frame it for people. Also, if you can't get your leaders on board with the change, it's going to be difficult to get those who work under them on board too. When crafting messages about this change and how it will unfold, leaders play a key role in crafting the message. As Hudad says, the one who speaks of the change must not only believe in it, but have the authority to relay that narrative. Otherwise, again, those who work with them probably might not really get on the boat. You know, said another way, I think it's owning it. You've got to own it as a, as a leader. Yes. You've got to own what goes well. You've got to own what doesn't go so well. You've got to own changes in direction. And communication is a really key part of that. You've got to be out there and talking to the people that are impacted by the change and that are, that are impacted as things progress. It's really important for leaders to consistently communicate what is happening. And, you know, we've got an old adage that, you know, you've got to say it at least 10 times. And only when you start getting tired of saying it, that's really the beginning of when people are starting to really understand it. Don't be afraid to, to repeat the message and to stay consistent and constantly communicate. I love that you put the emphasis on own it. And uh, I'll just mention to our listeners out there, you probably heard this in just my last interview with Holly Chase and Young, who basically said the same thing. Leaders need to lead through major change or any change. So um, there, I'm, it's not me saying it, people. These are people that are like other professionals out in the, out in awesome organizations doing great work who also see it and believe it. I think we can all agree that the intended purpose of technology is to make our lives easier. And certainly sometimes that's the case. 
I love being able to Google something on my phone and get an instant answer to my question. However, sometimes the workforce can be confused with various technologies that are being implemented to help collaboration, for example. Different generations might have a different level of understanding. Technology itself introduces a lot of change. And Hudad believes that technology can also be used to aid change. It never hurts repeating that technology has obviously changed and will continue to change everything that we do. And technology can really accelerate what we're doing, for better or worse. So that's where technology plays a key role in many of the changes that, that we're driving and how we're trying to drive better outcomes, better value for our employees, for our clients and customers. So that's a given. I think we're sort of at a place where really having technology as a key part of any change is, is table stakes at this point. It's no longer a, a nice to have. It's not no longer an added, significantly added value thing. I think it's, it's table stakes at this point. Now, you know, where we get to data and analytics is, you know, as I mentioned uh, just a couple moments ago, it, in that technology can accelerate what, what we're trying to achieve, what we're trying to do. It can either accelerate the bad or it can accelerate the good. So I think that's where data and analytics and insights can make a significant difference. And with technology, we have incredible ability to get a lot of data on what is happening, how it's impacting the outcomes that we want to drive, how people are interacting with a process, with a product, with a service. We can get incredible amount of insight from the data and analytics that that technology is enabling. So I think that's where looking at many of the change initiatives that I've been involved in or many of the changes that I've, I've led is honing in on what are those critical measures, what are those critical areas of insights that technology and data can enable to keep you on the right track or to point to things that you didn't even know you needed to know. And that's, that's where even greater power out of data analytics and insights can come from, really enabled by technology to point to, Hey, I've learned something. I've, I've gleaned some sort of insight in an area that I didn't even know I needed to know. And that really listening and really looking at that as ways that you can illuminate, inform your path forward. If you need to change direction. That's really critical. And that's what I believe the, is the power of technology combined with data, analytics, insights, and the right sort of skills applied to it to glean the right insights can really help unlock value for our clients, for our employees. Well put. And I, I think that there are still, there's still so much opportunity for organizations to leverage some kind of analytics. It doesn't have to be a super sophisticated dashboard to just take initial steps to get some information to help them make informed decisions about what some other people are experiencing going through a transition. It can really bring some insights. I have found that analytics can really reveal some incredible insights, not even just the ones we can't see but perhaps the ones we don't want to see. Analytics can also help minimize risks, present opportunities, 
and even give you a better idea of where your employees stand. As we look at data and insights, I think an area that we look to is really, I mean, there's, there's of course, all sorts of levels of insights and things that, that we can glean from having the right sort of data and measures in place. But going back to you know, where we started this conversation around building belief, we actually look at data in the communications area. We look at really simple metrics and data for how we're doing against building belief a lot of times. I think establishing a baseline by asking really, you know, four or five simple questions and tracking that over time can be a really powerful way. And this is, this is a little bit different than what I mentioned a little bit earlier around using technology and using big data, massive amounts of data, but really honing in on what you want to get out of it. I think when you're driving a, uh, any sort of a change initiative, there's, there's a few of those simple questions. You can continually ask, repeatedly ask your people every time you communicate about the change. One is, do you still believe in our purpose, in what we're trying to achieve? Do you believe that we can achieve our outcome? Do you believe that it will bring value to our, our clients, our customers? And do you believe that you have the right resources to, to get this change done? I mean, those four simple questions, I think regardless of the change initiative that, that I've been a part of, establishing a baseline and continuously measuring that will give you really good insights and a barometer on where you need to tweak things, where you need to adjust things to continue to drive the change forward effectively. Before we wrap up, I want to ask Hudad, what are three things that leaders can do to help their organizations not only survive, but also thrive and change? One, ensure leadership alignment in, in the direction of what you're trying to do. Make sure that your top leadership team is aligned in what, what you're trying to achieve. Number two is building belief. And building belief is in the purpose, in the mission, in the why, in the ability to get it done as an organization. Building belief in how you will serve, your organization will serve clients and customers. Building belief that you will care for people through this. And three is communicate, communicate, communicate. And again, just going back to that point earlier on, only when you start to get tired or you start to think, I think I'm saying this too many times, that's only when it's landing, when it's resonating. You need to do it a bunch more times after, after you've done that. I think anytime, of course, there's any change, there's any success, there's any milestone, communicating, celebrating, or pointing to why you're changing direction, communicate, communicate, communicate. Those are... That's that's the third thing I would point to. Okay, I love that. I'll put that in a big poster and hang it up outside my office uh, window. And also, Hudad, when, you know, we might just have to recruit you at Consinity. We need bright minds like you. So um, watch out, Capital One. We have our eyes on him. I'm happy talking with you and working with you anytime, Jen. have had a, not only the pleasure of uh, working closely with you, but learning a lot from you in how to effectively lead change uh, across an organization. And more importantly, anytime we get together, whether it's for a lunch, for a coffee, we have a lot of fun. So. Yes, that's right. Well, we, we have fun at work, folks. So take a page out of our book. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, Hudad. Really appreciate you taking the time today. I know how crazy busy you are. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to get to know you better or share some ideas? Being a digital leader, you can easily Google my name and find me across all sorts of platforms. 
LinkedIn is a good place to reach out. So I would love to connect with any of them because it's through those conversations. I also learn a lot. So feel free to reach out. That's great. And folks, if you mentioned that you heard about Hudad from our podcast, I'm sure he will be extremely open to having a conversation with you, right, Hudad? <laughs> you bet. Great. Well, awesome. Thanks again. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week and joining our episode of Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.